we want to pursue those kinds of training that are going to help us have a heart that seeks the glory of Jesus more than, than our own glory. Welcome to Soundless Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music, where we explore what the Bible has to say about music and worship in the church and encourage those who plan, lead, and participate in their Sunday gatherings each week. Hello, and welcome to the Soundless Doctrine podcast. My name is David Zimmer. My name is Bob Coughlin. Bob, what are we talking about today? Hey, I'm glad you asked. Someone <laughs> sent us a question. Uh, uh, Jake sent us a question on, uh, it has to do with musical training. And so yeah. we're calling this episode, How Much Training Do I Need to Lead Music in My Church? This is the question. He begins with a little background. I have a background in classical piano. I've also played oboe and orchestras and wind ensembles for over 10 years. Wow. I'm 25 years old. That is really impressive, Jake. Thank you for your dedication to music. My church has offered to pay for seminary education, but I'm not sure if that's the most effective use of time and money. Mm. Looking at other local churches' websites, I see that most of their guys have degrees in music, performance, or education, not theology. I do think it's important for a worship leader to be theologically and musically trained, but I'm unsure what's the best route to take. I think it may be a better use of my church's money to pay for guitar or voice lessons than to pay for seminary. My question is this, what formal musical and or theological training would be most effective for helping me do the job of a worship leader? That's a great question. It is a great question. Yeah. It's very specific and uh, yeah. we're going to broaden it. Uh, I'd like to broaden it so that it, it hits maybe more people who are asking that question. Just, yeah, how much training do I need? Yeah. I, I mean, Jake is a, is a musician and feels he needs some training, but maybe he just doesn't need a whole seminary mm. training. So, uh yeah, so that's what we're going to tackle today. Yeah, well, and the beauty of that question speaks to two needs that every worship leader church should be feeling is, am I doing this in a way that's theologically sound? Yeah, it's and a good one. And am I doing this in a way that's undistracted excellence that we talked about on a podcast yes. previously? Am yes. I doing this in a way that is not distracting yeah. when I'm leading? Yeah. Uh, and can people sing yes. as I'm leading them? So uh, that, that was a good question to ask. Good questions. <laughs> so we can't, as I was thinking about this, we can't begin to answer the question. You know, someone says, how much training do I need? Churches are very different. And yeah. so you, you need to begin with some questions. First, personal. People are different. As yet, uh, things you need to consider. How much time do you have available? Mm. Um what's your current season of life? Mm. So for someone who, you know, is married, has three kids, four kids, all at the age of five, I wouldn't say to them, oh, you need this training because you've got something to attend to and that's your family. Yeah. And you want to make sure that you're caring for them first. And so, I mean, I know people make sacrifices for education. That That's a part of it. But... You just have to weigh that. You have to factor that in. Mm -hmm. um, how much time do you really have? And then how much can you afford? I mean, I think in this case, uh, Jake's church is saying, uh, offered to pay for a seminary education. So he's, it's not, that's not an issue for him, but for others it might be. Yes. And I wouldn't want anybody to feel like there is this standard education that every person who leads music in the church must have. Because mm. the Bible doesn't have that. You know, we, we have a few indications that from the Old Testament only <laughs> yeah. that um, 
to know what you're doing is a good thing. First Chronicles 15, 22, Kenaniah led the singing because he was skillful at it. NIV says, and because he understood it, that's the uh, um, ESV. And yeah. then all those who were leading were skilled in, in training uh, to lead the music. I yeah. think it's First Chronicles, 16, First Chronicles 16, having trouble with my words today. Um, so there is, there is an expectation of skill, knowledge, understanding. Um, but that's, that's about it. Yeah. So we don't know what level of skill it is. So th- those are some personal considerations. And then the ch- church considerations. What are your church's expectations for your role? What is your pastor's expectations for your role? Mm. How much does he want you to know about? That's a consideration. Yeah. If you're talking about a specific church, what gifts are already there on your team? Mm. You know, do you have someone who's musically trained? Do you have someone who's led choir before, who has who's led bands before, you know, could serve as a musical director? Um, yeah. Do you have a, a, a someone who's theologically trained on your team that you can kind of lean on? So those are considerations. And then a church's tradition and trajectory. Mm. So what does the church come... What What kind of history does the church have in terms of their expectations and then where do they want to go? Yeah. Because a lot of churches are in that position of, well, we've been doing this, but we want to do this. I talk to churches regularly where they're saying, this is what we've been doing, and this is where we want to go. So we need someone who does this. Mm-hmm. You know, Some of them are, are moving from a position in the church that's been maybe full-time and you know, the person's been has has a master's in music and and they they arrange everything. They choirs, orchestra, they want to move yes. from that to something that's simpler, mm. maybe more contemporary, more uh, connecting with the people that they're seeking to serve. And so they don't want someone who is that trained in that way. Yes. Of course, a lot of churches deal with that by having two different services, which I don't know if we've talked about in the podcast we or not. Have. I'm sure we have. <laughs> But not a great idea <laughs> no. if you, over the long haul, that tends to undermine the unity that we have in the gospel. Yes, but, well said. Um, some churches, you know, we're looking for someone who doesn't have that much training. So yeah. what what I wanted to do was, you know, talk about some of the training we can pursue, formal training, and then give us three categories mm-hmm. for to consider when thinking about the kind of training we need. Yeah, so I, I think this will answer your question, Jake. I hope it does. If not, email us again. <laughs> and if you have a question, you can email um, soundplusdoctrine at sovereigngrace.com. Spell out the plus. Um, formal training comes in many shapes and sizes. Uh, you know, you can go to your community college and, and get training. You can go to your lo- local college or normal college. Yeah. You can go to seminary. Uh, you can get a private teacher. Yes. All those are ways of pursuing formal training, different cost, ex- different expenditures, different financial layout Absolutely. for those. Uh, I mean, you can spend anywhere from, you know, a hundred dollars a month, a few hundred dollars a month to, you know, multiple thousands of dollars for seminary training. Yes. Um, informal training has so, has, has grown exponentially. Oh yeah. Um, you know, theory, harmony, d- different things. There are online websites, YouTube, there are courses you can subscribe to, really good stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not going to recommend any, I, I would do the same thing you would do, just Google, 
you yeah. know, what, what's going to help me uh, get trained here? But there are so many available. So many resources. And there's a lot of free resources. A lot of free resources. Uh, that can give you... Yeah, I mean all the musical training. Mm-hmm. That's that's immediately what I think. Yes, yes. Yeah, for musical training. Yep. And then and then me being a teacher myself, you can't uh you, Do you can't, want to give out your email no, you can't okay, overlook <laughs> the just the consistency of meeting with a person. Yes. That's huge, whether it's your vo- yes. vo- voice lessons, like you mentioned, guitar lessons yes. or what drum lessons or whatever. Uh, but yeah, you're right. There's so many resources. And that's where the, the type of church that you're talking about really plays into what kind of training you need. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to talk about three areas. We're going to talk about three areas uh, that, w- that kind of need to define what we need to focus on. Yeah. So the first is theology. Shouldn't be first. Everything we do starts <laughs> here. Yeah. And it, it sounds like um, Jake's church wants to give them that kind of education. It is really important. Without knowing what God has said about who he is, about who we are, about what worship is, mm-hmm. about the church, our ecclesiology, about the priority of the gospel, about how people change we may end up pursuing things that aren't necessarily accomplishing what God wants to accomplish. Yep. It's just sad. Yeah. You know, that we can give ourselves to education that doesn't really serve God's purposes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, think of an example of, uh, you know, someone who, who spends hours and hours and hours uh, devoting themselves to video graphics. Now, I'm not against video graphics. But say they, they want to use it in the church, in the Sunday gathering, and, and just like animation. They just want to uh, you know, spend all their time um, just animating things. Um, that, that's a viable option. Mm-hmm. But I would say if that's your only thought about it, you won't have the guidelines. In fact, my son-in-law does this. Um, he's done video stuff. He's really, really good at it. But if... That's the only thing that you're doing it for. Uh, you might miss the reasons why, how, the limits that God might want to put on that. Mm. You might miss the things that you should be trying to accomplish with that or mm. not accomplish. So your theology drives everything. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to recommend some things that, that would be helpful just to get started. You know, Wayne Grudem has written a book that is, is a standard for a lot of leaders, mm. a lot of churches, systematic theology, it's right. been condensed into Bible doctrine. Just to read something like that, to go through something like that would be so helpful. Um, a shorter version would be Packer's, G.I. Packer's Concise Theology. There's a series called Short Studies in Systematic Theology. Mm-hmm. Uh, Graham Goldsworthy has written on biblical theology. Uh, Vaughn Roberts has written God's Big Pictures. We'll put all these in the links. Yes. Um, so reading some of those or, or finding good commentaries on either books of the Bible or the theology of worship. Yes. Uh, you know, David Peterson has written Engaging with God. You should read that if you haven't read that. Brian yeah. Chappell has written Christ-Centered Worship. Um, Matt Merker has written a much shorter book, Corporate Worship. 
I wrote Worship Matters. You wrote Worship <laughs> Matters. Years ago. The other book I was going to mention, I didn't see it on your list, but um, what was the D.A. Carson book that we have our uh, Worship Matters intensive guys read? Oh, The Cross in Christian Ministry. Cross in Christian yeah, Ministry. Yeah. I would highly recommend mm, that if you're wanting mm. to grow in how you're thinking about your ministry. Well, that that ties into the next one as well, because that not only teaches us how to how to do worship ministry, how to think about it, yeah. but it addresses your heart. Yes. So that's the second category. So don't just be thinking about, you know, I need training in, you know, education. Yeah. I need training in my heart. Now, ideally, that happens in your local church. Mm-hmm. Like it happens with your pastor. It happens with your small group. It happens with those you, you interact with, with your family. But if, if we don't make it a category, we might be thinking, well, all I need is just to get more education. Yes. Well, no. If, if you get theology without it leading to, to doxology, that's bad news. Mm. Uh, because you'll just be puffed up. You, you'll think that it's just about education. No, it's about what what matters most, what you love the most. Yeah. You know, when Jesus was asked what is the greatest commandment, he didn't say, you know, be informed about everything that you're doing. Make sure that you're the best in your field at what you do. Make sure you have all the skills and accompanying uh, tools to do what you want to do. He yes. didn't say that. That's not the greatest commandment. The greatest commandment is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Mm. So he extends it even beyond the first commandment to not just loving God, it's loving your neighbor, it's loving others Mm -hmm. as well. So we want to pursue those kinds of training that are going to help us have a heart that seeks the glory of Jesus more than than our own glory. Yes. Well, and 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 we have talked about this on the podcast and we talk about it a lot when we're talking to worship leaders that come to the intensive. But if you're disconnecting your sermons, your ministry from your heart engagement. Yes. If yes. you're relying on your gifting or your skills as a preacher or your skills as a musician and yes. an artist, you're down a treacherous path. Yes. Because your you your heart is not engaged. We can have our theology without our heart engagement. Yes. We can yes. have our skills yep. without our heart engagement. Yep. And so it's it's yeah. Which I don't think uh, Jake is, is asking or referring to or assuming. Right. Um, I, I think he wants to take the best route. He wants to yes. use his church's money wisely and is just at, focusing in on this you know, specific formal musical and or theological training. Um, but I wanted to mention this because it's just so important. I love that you did. We, we can't just... Yeah, we can't leave it out. And you mentioned the intensive. I'm not sure if people don't know what the intensive is. We do a a five-day event, Worship Matters Intensive, um, where 15 guys come together. It it is intense. It is. appropriately named. We go through the material in Worship Matters. From like a Wednesday to a Sunday. Yeah. um, Most of the time they're held here in Louisville, although recently we did one in Australia. Um, And it is for the purpose of 
connecting people with these these issues, connecting yep. leaders, guys who potentially be pastors, maybe they're not, but they want to think pastorally about what they're doing. We talk about their family, their wives, their, uh, you know, all those things. And it's it's a formal way of being trained, but just um, very condensed. And will cost you a fraction. Yeah, and, and, yeah. What's that? <laughs> It'll cost you a fraction of what oh, you would oh, go to get it. It will cost a ton. College degree. Anyway, the third category is skill. So th- this is where... You know, Jake is asking both about theology and skill. You need enough theological education to do what you do wisely, Mm -hmm. to do what you do well. Yeah. And, you know, you can always... You can, you can learn the languages. You can learn Greek and Hebrew. I don't know Greek and Hebrew. I depend on commentaries written by guys who do, um, but that's okay. Yeah. If you feel called to that, then by all means pursue it, but that's not a requirement. Right. I think uh, if you're going to lead... Uh, you should know something about biblical counseling. Mm. And I will tell people in college, hey, what what courses should I take? I would say, take something in biblical counseling. Mm. Um, I highly commend the guys from CCEF, uh, the folks from CCEF, um, Christian Counseling Education Foundation, David Pallison, who's gone on to be with the Lord, uh, was part of them, Ed Welch, others. I've written just great material on how God changes us through the gospel and through his word. Yeah. When I'm in front of people leading, I need to know that. Yeah. Otherwise, I might be tempted to think it's music that changes them. It's lighting that changes us. Totally. It's that background behind the lyrics that changes people. It's my enthusiasm that changes people. No, it's the word of God and the gospel that are empowered by the Holy Spirit's working through them that changes people. Yes. Everything else is is supplementary and, and complementary, and, but it does it's not better mm-hmm. than those things. So, um, yeah. So the third category, skill. A couple things about skill. Uh, skill is for God's glory. It's a gift for God's glory. It doesn't make our worship or us more acceptable to God, and it grows through investment, mm-hmm. which Jake is is drawing attention to. We don't pop out one day, hey, <laughs> I had this skill I never had before. Right. It's amazing. Although, wouldn't we all love that to be the case? <laughs> you know, we see people play a certain way, sing a certain way. We think, oh, I wish I could play like that. Oh, I wish I could sing like that. You just got to invest. Yeah, time, effort. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yep. so um, th- the reason that skill is important, not to make us acceptable to God, mm-hmm. um, not to bring us glory, it it helps us focus on the important things, Mm -hmm. the lyrics we're singing, the people we're serving. It helps us serve people more effectively um, without distraction. I realize when when I'm leading, I am am benefiting from the training I had in college as a a piano major. I'm benefiting from that, all the years I spent in the studio, because so many things are second nature to me now than they used to be. That came through investment, but it's enabled me to to not be so distracted by the the technical things. Yeah. And I don't want to be distracted by the technical things. So if you're using technology, you know, we've talked about technology on the podcast, but if you're using technology, make sure that you're 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 skilled enough in it that it's not a distraction to you. Yeah. Because it's not supposed to be. Yeah. And let me just encourage people in in terms of them wanting to grow in their skill, just to say it, it's just like it's never too late. Like we're still learning, we're still Absolutely. growing. Obviously, that doesn't go away. Um, but there are so many resources that you can do with little time. Yes, you yes, know, I, yeah. I 
I've taught, I've taught, um, I've taught drummers that drum for their church and they have a full-time job. They have a family, they're, they're busy. And I just say, if you can hone in 10 minutes on this, if you can hone in 15 minutes Mm. on this, making it practical, you'll see growth over time. Yes, It will serve your people over time. So don't get bogged down thinking, well, never, I can't do that. Yeah. When there are resources available to you to do that. Yes. Uh, And we can always grow. Yep. Can always learn. Never too late. Yep. As hard as that is for me to, to believe, but it's never too late. And it's good. I'm really glad. I, I learn a lot from you, David. I learn a lot from people around me uh, who I play with on Sunday mornings. So it's great. So some of the skills that I think are important to develop if you want to lead, again, depending on those contexts we set up in the beginning, personal yeah. situations and the church context, harmony, understanding harmony, it would be theory. Yep. Why do chords sound the way they do? You know, I meet people who say, well, I, I can only, I can't read chord charts. Yeah. Learn to read a chord chart. Yeah. Or they read chord charts, but they don't understand how the chords relate to each other. Yeah. So like learning number charts is a great way of learning chord theory. Yep. Because what you learn there is a one chord, a four chord in a key will sound the same in every key. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're in the key of C, an F chord will sound like the four chord. If you're in the key of D, a G chord will sound like the, the four chord. Yep. If you're in the key of E, an A chord will sound... You, you, you'll hear that, so you'll be able to transpose a lot more easily. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and for uh, acoustic guitar players, knowing numbers will help you immensely. Uh, or having a capo. Well, in capoing, <laughs> uh, because you're just sticking to the same one, four, yes, six, you yes. know, five structure. Um, but uh, yeah, basic basic theory um, on acoustic guitar, and then uh, with you know, as a drummer, just knowing if you're using the right technique. Oh, uh, good. Uh, knowing how to play in time, knowing how to use a metronome, um, listening. I mean, it will help serve people. In your congregation, yes. no doubt. Yes, we did w- at least one podcast with you on drumming. Yeah. If you haven't heard that, you should check that out. Yep. Um, but yeah, basic theory is is very helpful. Yeah, so ear training, again, if you're an instrumentalist, vocalist, uh, just learning to recognize pitches. Yeah. Um, it's great if you can learn to read. Yes. I, I mean, knowing how to do both really serves you. It, it does. It served me for... Decades. Also, can I mention one thing about for electric guitar players? Yes. Uh, Let's include everybody, even the electric players. <laughs> I can't speak to the tuba or the no, oboe. No, um, not everybody. Okay. But he can. Um, I would I would study the caged theory for mm, electric mm. guitar players. If you feel like you're stuck in the low end of the guitar, caged just opens up the whole and neck of the guitar. That for those of us who are not in the know, uh, it's certain shapes: C shape, A shape, oh, G okay. shape, E shape, D shape. That makes sense. Caged. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and and it just helps you move. Uh, you know, in different positions of the guitar, it opens up the whole neck to you, and you can. Get that for free on Google. Yes, that's so great. So ear training, recognizing pitches, or not perfect pitch, but relatively, you know, being able to reproduce pitches, especially as a vocalist. Definitely. Understanding that harmony, learning how to sing harmony, and then just technical skills. There is benefit just in going to a room, practicing 15 minutes, practicing scales, practicing yep. harmonic changes in different keys. That, that'd be another thing. Um, so that's one skill, musical skills, leadership skills, I think is something that that often those who lead the music 
don't invest in. And um, I wish I could recommend specific, uh, you know, resources on that. Maybe you can think of them in the comments, or add some in the comments. Um, but we to lead people is to say, look, here's a place where you need to go, and I want to get you there. Mm-hmm. And we're, it's a good place. It's the place where God wants us to go. And I would say that is beholding the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. using, using his word, empowered by his spirit. All right, that's where I want you to get you. How do I do that? Well, that leads to another skill, which is communication. Um, I, I don't think we give enough attention to this as leaders. Yes. You know, there's there's a lot of, oh, just kind of fumbling and... Can you talk briefly about the pathos? Uh, logos, logos, pathos, pathos, pathos yeah. yeah. Yeah, something I ran across, came across years ago when I was thinking through this issue um, was something Aristotle had said on the, the rules of rhetoric. If you're going to stand up in front of people and say something, how can you be sure that it's effective? So we talked about three qualities, three elements. This has really served me, even, even to this day. The first is logos. They're all Greek words. Logos, which is the truth. What I'm saying is true. Um, that's the word of God. Mm-hmm. So we, we want to be sure that what we're saying, if not the word of God itself, is in line with the Word of God yep. and prioritized in the Word of God, emphasized in the Word of God, clear in the Word of God. That's, that's the first thing in terms of the things we say. Second is ethos, and that's not only is what I say true, but you should believe me. Mm. Ethos is the character of the person who's speaking. So that comes across in looking in people's eyes when you're speaking to them. Um, not, not, not kind of looking down at your notes and just yeah. kind of your head stuck in the music, um, <laughs> being relaxed, uh, being sincere, just sharing humbly. Well, and your, I mean, your character on and off the stage. If people is your know, you, that's exactly right. If, if, yeah, if you look like someone different when you're standing in front of people, that's a problem. <laughs> so you want to make sure that the way you're living yes. matches what, what you're doing when you're standing in front of people. Yes. So that's ethos, you should believe me. And then pathos is what I'm saying matters. Mm-hmm. So it's true, you should believe me, it matters. Yes. And that's where we're speaking to people's affections, not just their emotions, you know, we've said on the podcast before, emotion is what you feel, affections are why you feel them. Yeah. So you're speaking to their affections. What do you love? What do you think is most important? What do you prioritize? What do you run after? What do you chase? What do you pursue? That's what your affections are. Yeah. I want to speak to those. So that is part of, you know, the way to communicate. That is by being affected myself. Yes. You know, I'm not just excited because I'm an exciting person because I'm an extrovert and I type A. And no, <laughs> I, I am excited because Jesus has changed my life. My sins yeah. have been paid for. I have an eternity of spending, of being in God's presence forever, awaiting me after this life. I am secure, held in his hands. He is working everything for my good and for his glory. I mean, that's good news, brothers and sisters. Yeah. So I will at times want to. Well, I, it's hard not to express <laughs> that in my countenance and yes. the way I, my body is engaged, those things. So all those are, are parts of a uh, skill Yeah, of I'm glad you mentioned that. Well, thanks yeah. for asking me to, to go through that. And then administration is another skill that we can grow in. There are good books Absolutely. that have been written. Getting Things Done by David Allen uh, was really helpful for me years ago. CJ has written a book, CJ, a senior pastor, has written a book um, called Biblical Productivity. Mm. 
which I think is you can get through Amazon. Um, yeah, there are a number of, of great books. Do find something that that helps you use your time wisely. Yes, and absolutely. in this age of distraction, there are so many opportunities to use our time unwisely. Yeah. So those are some of the things. Uh, yeah. So those those are three areas: theology, yes. heart, and skills. Whatever uh, you, you, you determine, what do I need in those areas? Yeah. And then you look at, okay, what are the best ways of achieving those things? So in Jake, Jake's case, I would say, you know, if you find that your, your theology of worship and what you're doing is in a good place, you know, you, you have a good sense of the pastoral responsibility of a leader and you understand how God changes people. Now you can find these things in books, and in the Word of God, just reading your Bible. Mm -hmm. But some people want a, a more formal way of approaching those. That's that's fine. But if you think you're in a good place there, and musically you just need some strength in here, well, then just get some lessons. I'll yeah. just do that. Um, but then I'd say to someone, because I've talked to a lot of people about you know this training, um, uh, this kind of training. You know, if you have in your heart a desire to grow in a knowledge of you know the the the, the Bible and the Old Testament, the New Testament, biblical theology, systematic theology. You you want to grasp those more wholly and completely. Then get a seminary education. It's not going to hurt you. Well, yeah. I mean, unless you handle it badly, or unless you go to a bad <laughs> seminary. Um, but if you want to grow in those things, spending three years giving yourself to the study of God's word and its application for your life. Goodness gracious, yes, go to that. But make sure all the other things are in order as well. And make sure that this is something you really want to do, really need to do, really have the finances to do. And yeah, uh, yeah God could really use it in your life. Yeah. So, Jake, I hope that's helpful. I, I know we barely skim the surface of these resources or how to think, but I, I, I uh, yeah, I think it is helpful. And I love um, what we do uh, in the intensive. Like, I love what we do for worship leaders uh. in um, giving them those three. I mean, that that's really fuels on. that really fuels the intensive yeah, theology. Yeah. Uh, and heart and skill. Uh, so, Jake, I, I hope we we gave you some resources. Yes. Um, but thank you for the ways that you are serving so faithfully and wanting to grow. Yep. Amen. Amen. And thanks, you all, for joining us. Hope you'll join us again. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Sound Plus Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music exists to produce Christ-exalting songs and training for the church from our local churches. For more information, free sheet music, translations, and training resources, you can visit us at SovereignGraceMusic.org.